0: Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis or VeloSews on social media. Welcome to Sew so Organised Style Podcast. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organised Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. For anyone who sews, the Sewer50 Instagram account editors want to see your makes for September. When you post your latest makes on Instagram, continue to use the hashtag Sober50 as well as the hashtag Sober50September, all one word. Currently, there are over 243,000 posts using the tag Sober50. We'll find you faster in September when you also use the tag Sober50September. We hope to see your makes more often during the month of September. Now back to this series of podcasts to give you a taste of the range of textile artists in the next Making Zen Online Retreat from the 25th to the 29th of September this year. Whether you're looking to get out of that creative rut or want some me time or simply want to learn a new technique, this online retreat is one to consider.
1: I am an omnicrafter, I guess is the best word. I love to sew with repurposed and reclaimed textiles.
0: Have you sewn hair details to your fabrics before? Bianca Springer, known as Yes, I Made Them on Instagram, is one of the talented textile artists you'll love learning from at the Making Zen Online Retreat. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hi. I am great. It's so good to meet you. <laughs> Thanks, Bianca. It's lovely to meet you.
1: You too, you too. I've seen you online in pattern reviews in particular and then Instagram. So I feel like I've known you for a little bit through your makes. And so it's good to to get to chat with you and see your face.
0: Thank you. I've followed you for so long as well, both on pattern review and also on Instagram. You've been doing so many amazing things since the early days of pattern review.
1: I was just trying to get off of Flickr and sharing my makes. I guess things have just taken off in a good way and I'm excited about it. Bianca,
0: Mm -hmm. thank you for coming on to the podcast for the Making Zen Online Retreat. It's a real honor to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this opportunity to chat with you and I'm really looking forward to the retreat.
0: Listeners know that the podcast guests that we have for the Making Zen Online Retreat are all very talented artists. They're all wonderful, creative people and Bianca is one of those this time around. So Bianca, can you give us a bit of an idea about your background so that we'll be excited to come to your workshop?
1: I am a omnicrafter, I guess is the best word. I love to dabble in a lot of creative outlets, but two main things stand to the forefront for me. One is garment making. That's my first love, my passion, my initial source of creativity I love to sew with vintage patterns. I love to sew with repurposed and reclaimed textiles. I love thrift shopping so I can reimagine something that may have been donated or discarded and giving it new life. So a lot of my garment making will have those references. I love bold colors. I love fun prints. I love to do a little... Huh? Huh? type of projects where people (laughs) make people stop a little and think about it. In garment making, that's kind of where I think you and I were introduced. But also that's where my first passion and first love is. I dabble in many things. And most recently, in the last three years, I have really focused on hand embroidery. Mm -hmm. I had a, a knee injury a few years ago that required surgery and recuperation of about 10 weeks. Immobilization in my bed. So that meant I couldn't get to my sewing studio. I didn't want to make for my body. My body was fighting me. Mm -hmm. So I revisited hand embroidery. That was one of the first crafts I learned in elementary school. I remember being in fifth grade learning embroidery. And while I was incapacitated, I started to look at the resources that were available. And I immediately just ordered some stuff online. And started stitching. And in that moment, my frame of reference was always recognizing that people of color were not the primary audience for these books. And so in that moment, I simply figured out ways to make the images that were available more reflective of my experience, more reflective of my family's experiences. I just did that. I just tweaked it. I think as a person of color in a society that is driven by white supremacy and the white voice, our default is to adjust. We have to make our way. And so in that first recovery process, that's what I did. I got better. And then a year later, I had another injury on the other knee and I was in the same situation. But this time I ordered some books had the same images presented, and I was fed up. So I returned those books, and then I started figuring out what I wanted to make and what images reflected me. And that eventually turned into me writing a book on hand embroidery that includes our voice, includes our images, includes our textures, our energy, our stories. And so Represent Embroidery is my book, and I hope to bring hand embroidery with a focus on textures and hair to the Zen retreat. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to expose people, one, who may not be interested in embroidery before to the craft, but also to provide some new techniques to people who have been embroidering for years that they hadn't used before and materials they have not played with in embroidery.
0: That's amazing that you've gone down the path of developing the embroideries that reflect your culture, your background, because it wasn't there, as you said. And now we've got a reference point through your book. That's amazing, Bianca. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm excited about it. I love hearing people tell me that they feel seen. I appreciate people who are sharing it with their friends who have felt ignored. It's the conversation starter. It's a fun book. It's Mm. a happy book. The images are fun, the textures are fun, but it also forces people to ask, why is this necessary? It opens the dialogue. You know, there's a meditative process to embroidery that I enjoy, but I think it's also important to engage our minds and to think about these perspectives. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I love hearing people's response to the book and the story.
0: Now, I haven't had a look at the book but I'm really impressed that you've developed this book so that it engages people, it entertains people, but it also informs them. And it's informing people in another medium that you wouldn't get in the wider media that's available to us. Yes.
1: I found that when I present these stories to different audiences, some people are like, oh yeah, that's great. I see me. And it's very normalized in some audiences. And then the very same story is met with awareness and almost a startled response of, oh my goodness, I never knew. And I love that. I love that people look at it and they question and they're like, oh, why have I not learned how to use this yarn to give texture to hair? Why haven't I seen this done before? And I'm excited about it. I want to do it. My advocacy wants me to explore this culture, explore this technique and engage in this way. I'm excited that people are responding well and engaging with the content.
0: There's a lot of thinking behind texture, textiles, hair, as you said. I've only touched on where there was someone who had lace and they were using hair. So Mm. it was quite confronting. So let's not go down that path because that was just (laughs) one experience. So Tell me a bit about what it is that you'll be doing at the Makings and Online Retreat. Okay. So
1: I have several hair techniques that I will demonstrate, but the beauty of this is I'd like the students to engage with fabrics they already have. Mm -hmm. So we we pretty much have a lot of, I don't know, I look around my stash and I see that I have florals, I have prints, I have all kinds of different images represented, but I also have people. And so... What I'd like us to do is take the fabrics that we have that have people on them and add some dimension by embroidering different hair styles, different textures and techniques on the fabric we already have. And some of those fabrics may be diverse, some may not. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of these techniques. We could make them look like who we want them to look like in our textile choice, in our fiber choice, and in our technique.
0: So we're going to just have
1: some fun adding dimension
0: to the people in the fabrics we already own. And you've just answered that other question that I had in my mind. When you are using embroidery techniques to represent the people that you want to have on your fabrics, you'd use it by color, by texture, and all those sorts of things. So you've got it covered. Yes.
1: I haven't chosen the fabrics I'm going to demo yet. So I'm excited about what I will source in my stash, but I'm also really curious to see what people already own and how they will apply the textures and the techniques on what they have.
0: And it will be really great to see on the Facebook group of people who go to the retreat, how they then apply what you've taught them. And they always come up with the most amazing things. And I hope that's a very satisfying place to see how people have taken on what you're teaching them. In a really fun way. Yes,
1: that is really exciting. I gave a presentation at a quilt guild, and the second time I, when I returned, the person showed me that they had taken the the techniques that I have shown and they applied it to a quilt, and it was all this beautiful dimensional hair texture on this quilt, and it was so exciting to see looking at the quilt on its own, I thought it was beautiful. And my natural inclination was probably not to add to it because it was so spectacular. But I love that they, you know, went above and beyond, added this beautiful detail. It was entered in a contest at the time. So she was like, I can't I don't have it here to show you because I it's on a wall in an exhibit. But I just love that she took the techniques from the book and just added it to her quilt. The techniques I'm going to show I've used on Christmas ornaments and handbags and, you know, fun hoop projects. I'm really excited about the potential for the students and the participants to take the techniques and add their own spin and put their own hand to it. Can I get back to the book? Mm -hmm.
0: When you were developing the book concept and then putting it together, what did it feel like when it was actually published? What did it feel like to you?
1: For me, the hardest part, and this is strange to say, the hardest part was making the decision to write the book because I knew I would be up against opposition I knew I felt like I would have to enter a space where I have to defend my validity Hmm. and the validity of my story that was the harder part emotionally but when I got the book in hand and I saw, I have goosebumps now. <laughs> and you know, flipping through it and seeing how the creative team put it all together, because there are parts of the book writing process mm-hmm. that I have control over, and other parts I have no control over whatsoever. So it took a lot of trust for me with my team to, to hand my baby over. And trust that when it came back to me, it will be a fully functioning adult, so to speak. And it was really, I was thrilled to see how they put it together. I was thrilled to see how, like a simple idea. So the back of the book, there's a little pocket there. The book has iron-on transfers. Yep. And a frustration for me is with other books, I would tear out the transfers and then I have to find some place to put them. Yep. And in the past, I've put them in Ziploc bags. and. I said, I'm like, I'd really like a pocket in the back of this book. Can you figure that out? And it was late into production phase. And they're like, we'll see. And they chose an image from the book and used that as the pocket. And it was these little Mm. delightful surprises for me that I really loved. I have a a project called Why Not? And it talks about the struggle uh, African-American and Black women have with having hairstyles accepted in the workplace. And in that project, it's a hair project. And I promise the whole book is not about hair. <laughs> <laughs> but this particular project has hair images. And on the spine of the book, there's a little cameo of one of those women. And it's the little details like that just just really excited me. And then Once people who were excited about it started to have the book in hand Mm. and started sharing it on social media and people ordering three and four copies and they're like, I'm giving these away to people. Mm. It just warms my heart. People who are like, I've never embroidered anything, but I'm going to learn now. I'm going to stitch these people. I'm going to tell these stories. It's really wonderful. It was an experience like no
0: other. Mm.
1: And I'm so happy that the book is being received well.
0: Through history, when you look at the embroideries of you know hundreds of years ago, those embroideries will reflect what is happening at that time. And so now you've brought it to us so that we can start working on those stories through embroidery.
1: Yes, that, wow. I love the idea of 50 years, 100 years from now, someone pulling my book off of a library shelf and Seeing a reference to this time that's really that's a wonderful thought
0: yeah it would be great I'm sure that you have lots more material that could go into a second book so I'm supporting you if you ever go down that path
1: (laughs) thank you you know they say you never ask a new mom if she'll have another baby oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in the new new mom phase where I'm like I still remember the labor pains I'm not so sure (laughs) but I do have I have another idea in mind for a different type of book. If I can get a friend of mine to go along with me on it, I we might have another on the horizon. But for now, I'm just still enjoying the newborn phase of this book.
0: All right, I apologize upfront. No! I apologize. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I just want people to understand it's, there are labor pains. There are pains with it, Yeah. Um. though I, I love it. But but also, yeah, I, I'm still really enjoying this. I, I'm enjoying exposing the concepts to new people, yeah. you know, and so that really excites me.
0: Bianca, have we covered what it is you're going to be showing us at the Making Set Online Retreat?
1: I will be demonstrating multiple hair techniques that can be applied to the people represented in fabrics that we already have. So Rashida Coleman Hale has a fabric line called Hey Ladies. She has a range of beautiful women with fun hair. So I am going to show some of the hair techniques on those people. If the attendees have fabrics that have people on them, they can use that as the base to apply these hair techniques. Okay. So we're going to be playing with hair. We'll be doing some demos. I'll also have some blanks that people can download, simple silhouettes that they can trace onto their fabric if they want. If they don't have people in fabric that they already own, that's fine. A lot of people only work in solids or they may not have fun designs to add the texture to. I will have some blank silhouettes and
0: some empty heads that we can apply some hair to. This means everybody who goes to your workshop can take part. They don't have to feel left out if they don't have the right fabric yet.
1: Yes. And there's no right fabric. That's I think that's part of it. If there's a person on it, you feel free to add some texture. But if not, I'll have some blank heads that we can add the textures to and still have a good time.
0: Great. All right. It sounds like it's going to be really fun and very educational.
1: I hope so. I hope so. I'm working on another project now. It's all hair. So I'm working on some samples for that. And I'm having so much fun. And as I'm working on this, I'm thinking about the Zen making retreat. And so I'm getting super excited and very hyped
0: for it. So I'm hoping the students really are thrilled to learn this and just have a good time. I know that everyone who goes to the Making Zen online retreat has a great time. They learn a lot. They bring together all of the techniques that they learn and get something out of and I know that they'll be doing the same thing with your workshop Bianca yeah thank you before we finish up where can people find you online
1: I am at biancaspringer.com or thanksimadethem.com it's the same site it just redirects if you want to follow me online on instagram I am thanksimadethem on instagram and on facebook thanksimadethem
0: Bianca thank you for coming onto to the podcast for the Making Zen Online Retreat Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. I've really loved meeting you for the first time face-to-face and to make sure that everyone hears the excitement that is behind your workshop. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast series is produced and edited by me, Maria Harris, in partnership with Kate of Zen Stitching, soundbybensound.com. Make sure you subscribe to Selga Nice Style Podcasts on all good podcast apps. If you want to hear from previous Making Zen Online Retreat guest textile artists, they're also available in our archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. The Making Zen Online Retreat is in September from the 25th to the 29th. We look forward to joining you at the Making Zen Online Retreat. Stay safe, everyone.